Welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. We're so glad you're here. Join us this season as the sisters gather around the mics to share their experiences of God's love through the lens of His sacred word. You can find out more about our work at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at DaughterSTPaul. Enjoy today's episode. Hello and welcome to the Daughters Project Podcast. I'm Sister Julie Benedicta. I'm Sister Oriane Pietra Renee. And today we have with us Sister Anne Flanagan. All right. Welcome, Sister Anne. We're so happy to have you here with yeah. us. Yeah, it's my turn. That's <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> so, Sister Anne, do you mind just introducing yourself a little bit for the listeners who might not know who you are? Well, I've been a daughter of St. Paul for I forget how many years, <laughs> 45 plus. So I, I stopped counting at 45. Uh, I'm from New Orleans. Mm-hmm. I'm a member of the Daughters of St. Paul Choir mm-hmm. since the beginning. Um, and that's also something very important to me because mm-hmm. just singing is part of who I am. Ever since I was a little girl in church and people would turn around and hear this big voice coming out of this little bitty girl. <laughs> um, but I just love to sing. And during the Jubilee, uh, the great Jubilee of the year 2000, when I was uh, working in Rome, I was able to sing for Pope John Paul's Mass at Pentecost. So oh, awesome. one of my great memories of I being able to that. sing that. Whoa. That's amazing. I have, a, I have a photograph, but the weird thing is the photographer took most of the pictures from the center aisle. So there's me in front of this fake wall at, in, <laughs> in St. Peter's Piazza. So he, he only got one picture of me with the Pope behind me. Oh, no. I was like, dude, you're you're trying to sell this picture, right? (laughs) (laughs) Who's going to, I mean, why would I buy a picture of myself at one of those Roman Ambos, you know, (laughs) with a fake wall behind me? Oh, my goodness. But I did get to sing for uh, a papal mass. And even better, they called me back to sing for another mass. Hey, I was on retreat. I couldn't do it. And it was the mass of a beatification of a New Orleans saint, blessed Francis Silas. Yes, oh. and I was going to be on retreat. Oh, I couldn't go. Too what bad. What a bummer. Yeah. But anyway. Oh, that would have been fun. I know. It's a fun story that you were invited, though. Yeah. I know. I know. <laughs> <laughs> okay. I did not that know way. that. That's great. <laughs> awesome. And um, you also blog. Yeah, I've been kind of lax about that. I, mm-hmm. I, um, I'm working on several other projects, so my my readers are like, okay. She used to write to us. More They're languishing, often. <laughs> <laughs> but your handle online is nunblogger. Is nunblogger, so people yeah. can still find you there, though. All the time. Yep. <laughs> there you go. Okay, so we do have a quick con- content in the convent, me- qu- like special mention. Yes. Um, because we were just discussing a few minutes ago about how little we've actually been taking time to watch anything or like do anything together lately. It's just been so crazy that we've all just kind of been becoming little hermit crabs and <laughs> withdrawing <laughs> into our shells when we have quiet time. But but we have something very fun and very cool. A few weeks ago, some of you may have noticed that our very own Sister Oriane recorded something cool. What'd you do? <laughs> um, I got the opportunity to record um, the story of a soul audiobook for Halo, the mm-hmm. Halo app. Um, and it was really cool because I've never recorded a book before. It's so different than recording a podcast. So mm-hmm. it was a really neat experience and it was a really neat opportunity to read through the story of a soul in a totally different way because instead of reading it for yourself, like 
at least for me, my prayer was that it wouldn't really be about me or my personality or my voice, but, but like rather Therese could like speak herself, right? Mm-hmm. So you're trying to get into Therese's head, really, and her heart. So that was really cool. That was a totally different way of reading it. Um, yeah, and it's it's up on Hallow for anyone who wants to actually read through the book. And we have a special link that you can get it for free, actually a three free three-month trial. So it's hallow.com slash Daughters of St. Paul. Yeah, I think the challenge will be wrapping up around the time this podcast releases, but the, yes. the content will still be there. Yes. So you can you can unchallengedly listen to it. <laughs> you can listen to the whole thing at once if yeah. you really want to. <laughs> All 11 chapters. That's right. <laughs> so that's really fun. I'm really excited that you got to do that. Mm-hmm. And we've had a couple of people telling us that they found the podcast because of because of the Hello recording. Oh, so that's fantastic. cool. Yeah. So that's exciting. So Sister Anne, what okay. verse did you choose for us today? I chose Isaiah 55 verses 10 and 11. I love it. So could you read it for us? And then if you have some kind of a story about like maybe why it's special to you or how you discovered it or something, maybe share that. Okay. For just as from the heavens, the rain and the snow come down and do not return there till they have watered the earth, making it fertile and fruitful, giving seed to the one who sows and bread to the one who eats. So shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth. My word shall not return to me void, but shall do my will achieving the end for which I sent it. Wow. Love it. <laughs> One of my favorites. is so good. I love it. <laughs> Excuse us while we fangirl yep. and interrupt a strange explanation. <laughs> no, it's like, yay, word of God. Yeah. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. And I, I don't have a story about this passage. It's just that it seems to me like this is like the passage. It's just, you know, the whole word of God, the whole of scripture, the whole of revelation, mm-hmm. and God is saying, don't worry. Mm-hmm. Nothing nothing that I have given you is is going to be void. Nothing, mm-hmm. Nothing's going to happen. Nothing's going to waste. Nothing that I've done in your life is going to be fruitless. Mm-hmm. You know, you can't mess up my project. <laughs> <laughs> you can try. <laughs> yeah, and, you know, I can make this so that mm-hmm. you have no regrets. Mm-hmm. I can work with whatever you do. Mm. Um, but mainly it's because I really love words. Mm. And at a certain point, I had a, a, an experience, an experience in prayer in, on the parable of the sower, which, of course, has very, a lot to do with, with this, you know, mm. this idea of the, the seed that, to the sower and bread for food and, you know, the importance of the rain and the snow. And so I had this really uh, interesting prayer experience uh, when I was reading the, per- the parable of the sower, and it just struck me like, this is about me and, uh, you know, the, the different soils. And, mm-hmm. and then to have uh, this passage from Isaiah, and it's like, even, even the stony ground, even the stony ground in me, and God is saying, yeah, but I didn't cast that seed down for it to, to be lost. Mm-hmm. You know, that... God makes everything beautiful in his time. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's going to bear its fruit. God's really patient. <laughs> <laughs> way more than we are. Yeah. And um one way that I pray because I'm I'm very nerdy about words. <laughs> 
that my brain makes various connections with the other passages in scripture that mm -hmm. use the same terminology. Mm -hmm. And and so it's like, well, this idea of so shall my word be that goes forth from my mouth, that's an expression you find in other parts of scripture. Mm -hmm. And so my my little brain was going, I wonder if that's the same expression that's used in Deuteronomy, you know, like um, mm -hmm. in Deuteronomy 8, you know, yeah. where God is saying, you know, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes forth from the mouth of God. Mm. So I looked it up in the Septuagint. <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, the Septuagint for Deuteronomy 8 and Isaiah mm -hmm. 55, mm -hmm. they use the same word for word, which is not, we think like word in Greek is logos, uh -huh. but they don't, it's not the word logos that's used here. It's the word chrema um, that's used in, in Deuteronomy mm -hmm. uh, 8 and also in 30. The word is near you, on your lips and in your heart. Mm -hmm. um, and then in Isaiah here. Um, and then... So is there a nuance to that? or like? Well, rhema can also mean like thing. It can also be translated thing. Because huh. when Gabriel tells Mary nothing is impossible with God, he uses the word chrema. Hmm. Oh, interesting. And when Mary says, be done unto me according to your word, mm -hmm. Jesus remati. Hmm. So, uh, and and Luke usually uses logos. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. When Jesus was preaching the word to them, he was preaching logos. Now, I'm not a Greek scholar. I just know vocabulary. Sure. Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, but, so I get excited about the vocabulary, mm -hmm. but... Oh, our listeners are, ex are used to me getting excited about dictionary entries. Yes. So okay. It's, okay, okay, good. Okay. We're, we're on the same this page This is nothing here. new. Okay. So, so to, for me, this, this connects all those passages for me. Mm -hmm. and, and it gives it a little marrying thing, too. So it tells mm -hmm. me every circumstance is the word. Mm -hmm. And so that everything that happens, I can, I can say, be it done unto me. Mm -hmm. You know, we can... Mm -hmm. we, I don't mean maybe want to, but <laughs> right. But that, um, but that I can. That it's that I don't have to um, look at at life with suspicion. Yeah. You know that that everything can be a word mm -hmm. because if God permitted it, you know it's you know nothing shall be impossible with God. No word shall be impossible with God. So mm -hmm. you know we can take that attitude from Mary. Mm, I love that. That's actually that when I was praying with this passage in preparation for today, I, I, that was kind of where my my prayer really went was just the idea of like, um, and and part of the reason it went there was because snow and water permeate, right? Like they soak in, mm -hmm. they they infuse, and so just the idea that like the word coming into our lives in the same way that snow and water come into soil is. It permeates. It's through everything. It's present in all things, you know, um, and and including the things that we wish we could excuse and say that the word isn't there. And mm -hmm. so it's it, we should just be rid of it, you know. Um, but but in fact, actually, the call is to find God precisely in those in those places. So that's yeah, that's really beautiful. I really like that Isaiah pulls in both snow and rain for mm -hmm. this because I I think that it also does touch or remind us anyway of the potential for discomfort that can come with the word. Um, mm -hmm. Because, you know, if you think if you think about it, if you're in a room that's been silent for a long time and you kind of get into your own zone and, you know, you're enjoying the quiet and someone speaks, 
it's very jolting, like the first time. And like the rain can be cold, snow can be uncomfortable. But without it, like I know, um, at least where I'm from in Canada, like if there is a if there is a winter with very little snow, I mean, some people are very happy, the people who don't want to shovel their driveways. <laughs> but at the same time, the farmers suffer in the spring because yeah, the water table is so low. There's nothing to give life to their crops. Mm-hmm. So really, like sometimes the word of God can be uncomfortable. It can it can make us kind of, I guess, have to react or, or call us forth into something. Um, but at the same time, it brings life. Like that's what the word of God does. It brings life. And we see that in Genesis where the Lord speaks everything into existence. He speaks yes. life into being. And uh, in the first chapter of John, like we're reminded that nothing was created without the word. Like that, that importance of... Um, of God's speaking life into us and the promise of that. Mm-hmm. And also when you're speaking about the snow it, you know, and how it's the winter snow, but it's for the spring planting. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so it takes that time. Mm-hmm. The, it, there's no apparent connection there, you know, the discomfort and the cold and the white stuff, you know, <laughs> it takes time for it to, to melt into the ground and, and to, fill the reservoirs and, and stuff, you know, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it takes that time. And uh, to me, that's very important in our lives, too, that maybe a word of God that was sown in us a long time ago, yeah. you know, it's still it's still working its way through, mm-hmm. you know, um, getting in there. But it's going to it's going to bear its fruit because yeah. nothing's going to go back to God without having done its work. Yeah. Yeah. And that that idea, too, of like. Um, that God creates through his word, let mm-hmm. there be light. He, he also he also says, this is my body, right? Like mm-hmm. there's there's a sacramental element to to God's word and to the way that the word is effective. And, and he shares that. He allows it to be mediated through men, you know, through, through us. And um, I think there's just something really, really profound and, and special about that too in, in the call to be co-creators with God. To share in His Word, to spread it, to to be yes, the ground that receives the Word, but also to work with the sower mm-hmm. in throwing the seed, you know, um, yeah, and all of that is just ooh, so good. I love to be able to look at the sacraments and how they all have a spoken form mm-hmm. in them that mm-hmm. kind of allows us to understand what action of God is actually happening, and and in a sense, like God allows for that action to be made real as those words are spoken. So you think of the mm-hmm. consecration of the Eucharist. Um, you think of of our baptism, like the baptismal formula. It's it's through the the water for sure and also the words. Um, you think of, you know, absolution and confession, mm-hmm. all of those things, like your your vows in marriage, um, all of that, it's all done through words and through matter. And and through those words, God brings life out of, you know, what he has created. It's amazing. And and that's of course the Deuteronomy eight is that that whole point is you know the the life and that's expressed in in the passage too it's really emphasized that God you know was sustaining their lives through the manna so that they would know that it was not through bread alone but through every word that comes from the mouth of God that man lives and that expression that man lives is is said twice in that mm-hmm. passage mm-hmm. you know that that our our life is the word of God yeah. yeah i was thinking too it was i had an interesting experience um sometimes 
you know, I, I read once that the founder talked about how uh, our apostolate could evangelize us and should evangelize us. Mm-hmm. And I had an interesting experience when I was preparing some, uh, I was preparing the Mysterion video, um, video series, and I had set up a template for the last portion of each of the videos is a Visio Divina. And Sister Danielle leads uh, some some prayer with an icon, and we have the the text of the scripture passage, the related scripture passage, kind of on screen while the icon's there. So I was preparing. I had a template, and I was just kind of preparing this. And I had the um, the Annunciation was was there. And what I did was I just copied it and I pasted it into the next episode. And then I was going through and I was replacing the lines of scripture with um, with the next next passage, which happened to be the agony in the garden. Mm. And as I was going through, it was so interesting to be taking the words of the Annunciation and replacing them with the prayer of Jesus to the Father in the garden and seeing like this promise that came through Gabriel to Mary and the way that Jesus was fulfilling it. And it was just like, it was actually a really moving experience to be sitting there and kind of, it took me probably longer than it should have to be, to fill in this text because I was just really praying with, you know, point A, point B, and just how Jesus as the word was was bringing to fulfillment this promise. And it was it was so moving, actually. And I there were a couple times, I probably can't remember them off the top of my head, but there were a couple times where like, the overlay was so perfect, you know, like it was the the line that I was replacing just so perfectly matched what I was putting there. And um, I think it was around the same time that I think it was around the same time that Mary was giving her fiat was when Jesus was saying, not my will, but yours be done. It was yeah. just like, ugh, it was just, ugh, it was just. And they're not two passages that I would think to pray together with, you know. I wouldn't think to say, oh, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go make my, my visit and I'm going to pray with the Annunciation and the Agony in the Garden. They're not even like in the same set of rosary mysteries, you know? <laughs> so it's like, it's just, uh, it, was, it was really cool. Can I but, just be a super nerd for a yeah, second? Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, so that also means you're looking at the new Eve and the new Adam yes. together, which is yes. super cool. Yes, yes, that is true. Mm-hmm. That is true. But that fulfillment, that element of fulfillment and that element of like he was not going to return to the father without having accomplished his mission. Yeah. Yeah. The word would not go back void. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's such a power, I think, reflected in our own words that can really remind us like if we have so much power in our own human words, think of how much power is in God's word that, mm-hmm. you know, when we I guess when we reach out and encourage someone that can make the world of difference to someone. It can turn around their whole day. It can truly like transform their life if if we speak a word of inspiration to them or challenge them on something and likewise if we speak harm to someone if we speak a curse to someone that has effect like that mm-hmm. does something like we can really hurt people through our words very deeply i remember once i was i was at a conference and i was i was a novice at the no i was a postulant at the time and i was speaking to this woman she was a speaker there and We had a really lovely conversation. And at the end of the conversation, I said, God bless you. And she actually stopped me because I was about to walk away, like the next um, conference was starting. And she stopped me and she said, thank you for that blessing. She's like, as a baptized person, you have the power to bless. Like when we're baptized priest, prophet, king, that type of priesthood, like not, not, um, you know, ministerial. Yeah, Yeah, not ministerial priesthood but that type of priesthood is real Mm -hmm. and through our words we have the power as baptized people to bless one another with the blessing of god and she said i take that very seriously 
that is a holy blessing from someone who was baptized. And I never forgot that. I was like, whoa. Because I guess to me, it had always seemed like you're wishing God's blessing upon someone. Mm -hmm. You're not necessarily enacting it through your words. But she really did remind me that, no, the word of God lives in me as a baptized person. Mm -hmm. So if I bless someone because the Lord is speaking through me, they are blessed Mm -hmm. because of his word, because of him. Well, in the Eastern Orthodox tradition, in in Eastern Orthodox monastic tradition, there's a very strong focus on actually the power of your thoughts Mm. for good or for harm. Mm. Um, So like St. Pisios of the Holy Mountain, um, there's also uh, St. His name is escaping me right now. If you send us a few, Sister Anne, we'll put them in the show notes so people can okay, look them up. Okay, I'll, yeah. I'll remember it in a second. Um, <laughs> and, and, an, and an elder Thaddeus. Mm-hmm. I've read several of these books, and they're all, they all converge. Uh, it's like reading the desert, the desert hermits, but mm-hmm. they, were, they were living in the 90s, you know. <laughs> but there's, they're, they're actually saying that our, our thoughts have the same <clears throat> power as spoken words, mm. only they can travel distances. Hmm. Oh, interesting. And, you know, that we should also consider our thoughts as as effective as words when we consent to them, mm-hmm. you know, to be as— well, St. Paul says to take every thought captive to Christ, right? right. So, yeah, and, mm-hmm. and, and the other saint whose name, Porphyrius, mm-hmm. St. Porphyrius, um, he actually quotes that several times in his conferences, mm-hmm. the importance of, you know— well, what Alberioni called the sanctification of the mind. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. You know, so it uh, kind of goes along with that. I think that's really powerful too, because, I mean, we all have different ways of thinking. I think some people will might voice that they speak or that they think rather almost first in emotion, and then they have to put words onto it. Um, and others might voice that they think more in words. Mm-hmm. But interestingly enough, like you think how many times you feel something and you're experiencing something and someone says the words that finally make it click for you because they put a vocabulary to what you're feeling and suddenly it all makes sense. But before that, I mean, you know what you're feeling, but you don't know what you're feeling, you know? Or or even if they get a word that's close and you're like, oh, that feels so close, but it's not quite right. Like, you you know that there's a little more nuance to it or something. Yeah. Yeah. That's a, it's a powerful experience. Yeah. I think it does really remind us of, of why we need (coughs) words. And then that kind of points us to why we need the word. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, Mm -hmm. we need that to help our our whole existence, our whole human experience make sense. Mm -hmm. When the life of the Trinity is communication of love, Mm -hmm. right? It is, it is an ongoing communication. And that's what we're called into is that ongoing communication. And the way that we as humans communicate is primarily through words, right? In, in a lot of ways. So that makes a lot of sense. I love to look at the Old Testament prophets and like all the promises that God makes to his people who, I mean, usually he's making promises while they're not in such a hot spot, you know. <laughs> like, That's when you need a promise. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. And he's making these promises to them. And then to see Jesus come and fulfill them and even deepen them, to deepen the promise to the future, to watch those promises come to life in our own lives um, because as members of the church, we are, you know, adopted into the family of Abraham. Those promises have been spoken to us. And the Lord continues to speak those promises to us um, because he is faithful in his promises. He's faithful in his words. And 
it's so mind-blowing to be able to read those promises and to know like this is promised to me Mm -hmm. This is promised to the church in our time, no matter how much our church is struggling domestically or internationally or what have you. These promises are real and they will not go back to the Lord void. Mm -hmm. Like God will make it happen. Even if, as Sister Anjone, you kind of mentioned, it takes like six months for the snow to thaw (laughs) and you thought it was just like Mm -hmm. an eyesore in your driveway. (laughs) But actually it was the thing that was going to make the promise come to life. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And sometimes it's not in a way, most of the time, it's not in a way that we would think uh, that yeah. it will look. <laughs> it's not in a way that we would like for it to look. And just like the snow can be an eyesore in the driveway, it's also the snow sitting there being cold that would freeze off one of our limbs mm. that is causing, you know, like the bulbs or, you know, different things that are under the ground. They need that cold in order to continue their life cycle. You know, we have the the blooms in the in the spring and in the summer because they've had the cold that helped the whole process to happen that needed to happen. That's invisible and uncomfortable, and we don't like it, and we don't necessarily even like the timing. Mm-hmm. Um, but but it's necessary, and it has to happen. And that whole idea of like of really seeing God. In everything, you know, just seeing that permeation kind of happening through everything, seeing him in our neighbor, you know, whether that neighbor is happens to be one of our sisters here in the convent or happens to be somebody on the street who throws something at us or happens to be, you know, whoever that neighbor is, God is present in that person holding them in existence mm-hmm. and um, and actively willing their good. And so uh, just to be able to be able to be, I think, more in tune with that is something that I think all of us could probably improve on a little bit. And I think that I feel a little bit more of a call to, you know, through this passage. I think too, I guess, reflecting back on on the rain and the snow and, and how those things are the things that allow the seed to grow, that give us food. And what was the other thing? Food and seed. Seed, seed, right. The seed and the food. And there, I think to me, there's kind of a, a reference in that too, to the to the redemptive power of suffering when we unite it to the cross. Because as we know, like Jesus Christ, he's he's the word made incarnate. Um, he is the word made flesh. And the fact that he had to suffer, he had to suffer in order that the word did return to the Father, not void. Mm-hmm. Like that was that was the root that the that the Lord in his wisdom and in his love had chosen to to really fulfill his promise of redemption to his people that would last for all time and for all people. Likewise, in many ways, we do have to suffer to be able to kind of, you know, like be purified in a way that the Lord can really truly bring us to fruition and to make us bread broken for the for the good of others, to feed others just as he feeds us. Mm-hmm. And I think that is a really beautiful way of kind of seeing how his word kind of reverberates in a sense. Mm-hmm. His his promises and the things he's spoken to us reverberate through our participation in his cross, which is so, I mean, it's in a way it kind of sucks because it's not comfortable. But in, in, <laughs> yeah. a, in another way, it's so humbling that he allows us that place yeah. on the cross with him. Yeah. Like that's mind-blowingly crazy to me. As you were speaking to, I was thinking like, and so many passages in scripture like when we're talking about the word as when we're talking about the scripture as word looking at 
too, just like, uh, I mean, our whole season, right, is about praying with the word, about mm-hmm. really sitting with the word and allowing it to affect our lives. And I was just thinking how beautiful it is that, you know, when I go to sit with scripture, there are some passages that will really reverberate with me today and in my heart with everything else that's going on in my life right now. And there will be some that in 20 years will hit in a very different way. Yeah. And there are some that I come to and I realize, wow, this really spoke this to me 10 years ago, but Mm -hmm. now it says something really different and I hear something very different through it. And it's just, it's so beautiful how the word is alive in that way. It's so cool. God's amazing. Wildly (laughs) unpredictable creativity. Yeah. Amen. You you can say that again, sister. (laughs) (laughs) That's, uh, yeah, that's why you can't, you, we, we can't almost like limit our future by our past. And mm. I, th- I think there's such a, mm-hmm. a, I find a tendency in myself to to do that. And mm. um, and that's where the word is, is saying, no, you don't limit the future according to the past. You rest on the past mm-hmm. and move toward the future. But, you know, the word of God is your is your stable foundation. Mm-hmm. You, you know that you can trust the future, mm. you know. Yeah, because he's there. Yeah. Well, should we share our one takeaway? Everybody want to come up with one takeaway that we'll, we'll kind of be leaving the conversation with a little bit? I think my takeaway is kind of, I guess I just feel prompted to look back at things that the Lord has spoken in my own life, either in the quiet of my heart and prayer or through the reading of scripture or even through like the mass or the sacraments. And to see what words he has spoken to me that still still hold the challenge for me that maybe I haven't really been holding or or accepting or looking into and to kind of recommitting myself to living out of those again. I'm thinking of the Blessed Mother and how in the Magnificat, she had this whole litany of what God had done. Mm-hmm. It's like all in the mm-hmm. past tense, like yeah. or in the present tense. Mm-hmm. And the Messiah hadn't even been born yet. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but she was praising God in anticipation of the fulfillment of his promises. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, with the, this Marian connection that I have with this passage, too, I feel called to, you know, take the risk of praising God ahead of time mm-hmm. for fulfilling his word, mm-hmm. even in the things that don't look fulfilled at all. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, but to, to, confidently offer God the praise that I'm going to offer him in heaven when mm-hmm. I'll see how it worked out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think I think I probably kind of already shared mine of <laughs> just like really feeling the invitation of the Lord to to see him present in in the people around me and in the circumstances around me. Kind of like what you're saying, Sister Anna, is just like even in the places where it seems unfulfilled it maybe seems hopeless maybe it seems messy and gross and slimy and don't want to go there like but just but really looking for how he might be present there how he might be trying to speak to me through a particular circumstance how he wants to work it to my good you know yeah so i'll be praying for that grace over the next week or so so for our closing prayer just kind of going off of sister Anne's uh, reflection there maybe we could um, close with a recita- recitation of of the the magnificat of Mary's words of praise My soul proclaims the greatness of the Lord my spirit rejoices in God my savior for he has looked upon his handmaid's lowliness behold from now on will all ages call me blessed 
The Mighty One has done great things for me, and holy is his name. His mercy is from age to age to those who fear him. He has shown might with his arm, dispersed the arrogant of mind and heart. He has thrown down the rulers from their thrones, but lifted up the lowly. The hungry he has filled with good things, the rich he has sent empty away. He has helped Israel his servant, remembering his mercy, according to his promise to our fathers, to Abraham and to his descendants forever. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Jesus, Master, way, truth, and life, have, have mercy, mercy on us. Mary, Queen of Apostles, pray for us. Saint Paul the Apostle, pray for us. From all sin, deliver us, O Lord. Thank you so much to everybody for joining us. Know that we will be praying for you for the next week and we'll, uh, two weeks, and we'll see you in two weeks. God bless you. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. This podcast is a fruit of the Daughters Project. This initiative of the Daughters of St. Paul to spread the gospel online is made possible by our generous Patreon supporters. Consider joining us in our mission by contributing to Patreon today. You can find us at thedaughtersproject.com and on social media at Daughter St. Paul. God bless you.